Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGarr, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Woonsocket Call. Joined in this latest episode by Ivan Thomas, Providence College assistant coach. He's been a member of Ed Cooley's staff since 2015, been an assistant coach with the Priors since 2016. Ivan, first of all, uh, thank you for joining me on the podcast. And uh, I know it's been a long summer for you guys. And, you know, thankfully you got some good time off ahead of you. Uh, thank you for having me, Brandon. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a little R&R. Um, but, you know, we always like to get back to work in Friartown. So, you know, I love it there and I love being in the gym with the guys. And so, um, but a little break is always good to make sure you miss it. So true confession time. Uh, in my contacts, I have you listed as Fortune Bullock High School Head Coach. And the first time you and I talked was the night of the 2014 NCAA tournament when PC took on North Carolina. I was actually in San Antonio when I called you. Just, um, you know, looking back, Ivan, how much of those two guys, Josh Fortune and Rodney Bullock, maybe opened your door to come up to PC after being a high school coach for so long and also running with the Bo Williams AAU circuit? Uh, definitely those guys were uh, a big part, you know, in terms of me being at Providence based on, you know, our relationships. That's how I first met Coach Cooley. He was recruiting, uh, re-recruiting Josh Fortune under the other coach, uh, Keno Davis. And uh, I remember we first met, we just hit it off. You know, he walked in my gym and, uh, you know, we, the way um, we interacted, the way he saw me with my players, the way our practices were. And he, he, he was in, he was, you know, inspired by, and he basically told me, Hey, you know, I fell in love with the coach more, you know, just as much as the player. And, uh, you know, I want to hire you one day. I think you belong in college basketball. I think you can be a leader in college basketball and someday be a head coach. And, uh, and, you know, if you, anybody know anything about coach Cooley, you know, he does exactly what he says. And, uh, a year later he came back and he actually hired me. Asked my wife, and, and she said if he wants to be in college basketball, you know, he raised our family, put me through medical school or residency. Uh, if he wants to uh, go into college basketball, um, I support him. And uh, so um, here I am, and after eight years um, as an assistant, um, happily in Friartown, doing great things, happy to be a part of a great family. Ivan, when did you know you wanted again to coaching? All my life, I knew I wanted to be a coach. I mean, that's no 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 bones about it. I, as you mentioned, I was a, a high school coach for 15 years. I was a high school coach right out of college at 24 and had great success. Schaumburg High School won a title. Uh, Edison High School turned the program around in D.C. T.C. Williams High School won a title. Kickatan, uh, you know, we made it to a Final Four, lead eight for high school and one of the toughest areas to, to, to play back in the day was the 757. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Rodney Bullock, Josh Fortune, even Nate Watson played a little bit down there. I mean, we had some players, you know, it was just known for players, guys like Allen Iverson, Joe Smith, some of some throwbacks. And I can just, you know, keep naming them. It's just a, it was just a competitive area. And, uh, so when I, you know, had a chance to leave TC, I came down here, worked at Kickatan and, you know, and played in a wonderful Peninsula district and had some great battles with some good coaches. And um, and so I really enjoyed my time at, at the high school level. But um, I do enjoy being a leader in college and um, learning under Coach Cooley at this level and definitely um, taking the next step. 
when you were allowed to maybe go on the road for the first time an assistant coach representing Ed Cooley and Providence College, how much were you thinking back to the days when you were the high school head coach and you were an AAU coach and college coaches were coming to you about their players to try to get them to commit to go to their programs and how much maybe those experiences you took being on the other side now that you were a college head coach and trying to get players to come to Providence? Yeah, it gave me an interesting perspective being that I've been on both sides advising young men from from both positions and now I'm trying to convince uh, a young man that fits our culture and fits our need um, to come to our university. And the one thing I've always done and just who I am and, uh, is be genuine and honest. Like if I thought it was a good fit and I saw that you can, you know, uh, help us and you fit our culture, um, that's that's pretty much how I go at it based on my relationships. But it definitely helped me. You know, it helped me give me a, a perspective from both sides and uh, to understand, um, to make sure we get a good fit for a young man, not just um, based on his ability and, and that good stuff, but it has to be a good fit for culture, for people, for staff. And uh, so uh, I knew all the right questions to ask, and all the right things to hit on um, in order to get us uh, to get through the door to these young people. Well, it's like, as Coach Cooley, I'm sure, told you, you know, have your own voice out there as well. Absolutely. That was his biggest thing, you know, recruit your own relationships, um, have your own voice, make sure he, the, the beauty of Coach, he gives you, you the autonomy to grow. He gives you the autonomy to, to figure out your own voice, to figure out your own niche and how to be successful in this. He gives you tidbits of it, but he, he wants you to, um, your authenticity to come out um, in everything that you do. You know, we just wrapped up like the July live period. And one thing about Twitter and maybe the uh, recruiting experts, they'll say that so-and-so assistant coach is in the gym watching so-and-so and players and media alike will fall maybe into that trap of, oh, that assistant coach is the one directly responsible for recruiting that player. Whereas in reality, Ivan, you might have that connection to the player, but maybe someone else on the staff is making that phone call, say to the to the guardians, to the parents, to the high school coach, to maybe even the AU coach they have a connection with. It really is a staff effort when it comes to recruiting a single player. Absolutely. Um, it's it's about, all about relationships. I mean, uh, Coach Battle may have a tie or a hook into a kid um, that I may be recruiting, and um, he may take the lead on that kid. Uh, uh, he might have a connection uh, through his wealth of years of being, you know, in college basketball and the relationships that he's developed um, where, yes, he's making the contacts. I might have saw the kid, but he's making the contacts because he has the relationship. Same thing with Coach Blaney. It's a group effort in order to get the best guy that fits our head coach and fits uh, Friartown. Um, you know, we may not get them all, but we definitely work together to get the ones that we do have. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a team, just like the game. It's the same thing when it comes to uh, us securing talent or trying to get the right guys to, to fit in prior time. Um, it's important that we work together and we do work together. So, yeah, that's just what, you know, people may not understand. It's, it's a collective effort to get one guy. One of the hardest things to do in this profession is to get a commitment. And uh, I don't – the average uh, fan um, – and, and novelists of the game, you know, you really, you really don't understand how difficult it is when you got everybody, you know, 
becking for eerily similar to the same person, the same talent um, at some level. Um, it, it's difficult to get a kid to say, hey, I'm coming to play for you, um, to get them to convince them. And the difficult part of it is it's in a short window. So this kid has to make a decision um, for arguably one of the biggest decisions in his life in a short period of time. And he has so many people coming at him and he doesn't know what to believe. Um, but um, when you work as a team, you can convey your message together clearly that, hey, you know, Providence is a good place for you. You fit Coach Cooley and the way we, our style of coaching, um, you can come here and be successful. As an assistant coach, how much do you even maybe envy these kids or because they have a big decision to make and you don't want to, you know, I guess not overburden them with text messages or phone calls like that and respect their, you know, their space as well. Yeah, you, you definitely want to respect their time and space and understand that um, it's a, it's a balance between showing them that you're very interested in them and not being annoying to them. Um, I'm quite sure they, they're getting inundated by tons of calls from different coaches and different people. And you want to strike the right balance, but you also want to make sure they know who you are. You want to make sure we know who they are as well. We want to, you know, dive into their DNA, making sure um, they're going to fit our culture. They're the type of kid that wants to work, that wants to get up and grind. And, you know, that's tough and, and reflects our, our great um, leader. You know, we want to make sure we, you know, our, our fundamental um, thing is, you know, we're going to be tough. We're going to be physical um, and we're going to be a family. So we want people that, you know, want to buy into that and also want to be great. And uh, so it takes a while to develop that and, you know, that relationship with the young person and his family, because we're not just recruiting him, we're recruiting his entire family um, and whoever that may consist of. Now, I, I always believe that, you know, before last season's Big East regular season championship and run to the Sweet 16, that PC was a, a known commodity in college basketball. But when you have that success, like you did, there's going to be interest on the staff, maybe we have to get that person who maybe has that success and can bring it to our program. You reportedly interviewed for the Fordham position. What did you take away from that interview that, you know, if that opportunity comes up the next time, you'll be, you know what, just go in and just wow them and you can fulfill that dream of becoming a college basketball head coach? Absolutely. Well, I took from that experience definitely this one thing that my head coach believes in. You know, when I walk into that room, um, they're very aware of the success and the pedigree that uh, Providence College has established. And they're definitely interested in somebody who can um, somewhat um, uh, reproduce that consistency. Um, I think one thing um, people sometimes take for granted is the success that uh, Coach Cooley has had here under his tenure. Um, it is relatively, you know, a lot of people don't know about the success because it comes too far and too, you know, few between in terms of, but Coach Cooley has been one of the more consistent programs in the country. And so when I had an opportunity to interview, they talked about some of the things that we've done here over my tenure um, to help us be consistent, to help us maintain that. And the, and the biggest thing is, you know, we build men. Um, and we build a program that's based on men and, and coach um, Cooley has hired people with all the similar, um, you know, mindset in terms of we, we're going to do what's in what's in the best interest of our young players in order to help them be successful and, and winning will follow. And uh, so 
yes, I'm very, very motivated and very um, excited about the opportunity to one day lead a program and one day, you know, take what I've learned here and take what I've learned through all my years of coaching and just help young people evolve and become better men and also win some games and build a program. And uh, one thing you've learned with Coach, he's going to have fun while he's doing it. He's going to work hard, but have fun what he's, while he's doing it. So I really do take great confidence in having the opportunity to interview for Fordham position then. Um, and also I'm very excited to come back this year and uh, see if we can, you know, get back further to where we did last year because I think we got a good group of young men. Speaking of that group of young men, we saw them throughout the summer as part of the breakfast club that uh, – you know, getting a lot of traction on social media. You know, um, it, this isn't a new phenomenon. I mean, people like might think that this started this summer, but I think it originated, you know, back in maybe 2019. And it, it, maybe it's a way to, you know, especially when the guys are on the sun and on campus in the summer, get them in the gym early, get their shots up and, you know, really impress upon them that it's college basketball is hard work. Absolutely, man. It, it's nothing that uh, it definitely didn't start this summer, but it did take a life of its own this summer in terms of just the notoriety of it based on the guys, you know, it started probably, you know, Alpha Diallo and I actually originally probably Rodney Bullock. He used to, he, he had no choice but to get up in the morning to work out with me, but cause he was used to it from high school, but Alpha Diallo and then David Duke took it to, um, I'll be honest, a new level. Um, David, David would get in the gym sometimes two and three times in the morning with myself. And then, um, and just again in the afternoon with Coach Battle and Coach Blaney, he just was a workhorse. He built himself. And so we we used to call it the breakfast club. I would be in the gym actually working out on my own and those guys would come in and then we would get it going. And then it, it became a race to see who, who was going to beat Coach Thomas to the gym, which they never did because <laughs> my day starts early. So and David just took it to a whole new level. We had our own terminology back 11 o'clock we were saying good afternoon to everybody or good evening at 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 at, at one you know because we had been in the gym since six and so if you come in there at 10 we were saying good afternoon and and it had a life of its own as the breakfast club and then you know it just grew and grew and guys would get up in the morning um and and it's what they wanted to do it, it actually reflects coach cool you know he got he built his life he got here through work you know and so we're the first ones up in the morning and uh, those guys embrace it. Last year, they embraced it. They would get up every morning and just get their work in, get their shots up, get their repetitions up. And um, this year, the same thing. Guys, you know, they went on campus for eight weeks. They were there in the morning, every morning, um, early at six, seven, eight, you know, and just rolled up until the time where we had team practice and, you know, coach will walk into practice and these guys would already have a lather. And, and as a leader, you know, you, you it does your heart, you know, great to know that your guys are putting in additional work. Every shot isn't going to fall. But if you you know that your guys are working on it and then, you know, that allows them to have the confidence to take it, you know, when the time in the game comes. So it, it's, it's, it's grown into a life of its own. Well, I'm sure there's T-shirts out there, but also, too, the incentive at the end of the week is to go out to eat and enjoy breakfast, maybe five, six of the guys. And are you the one responsible to, for picking the places they go to? And what are the, some of the good spots that you like to go to for breakfast? Absolutely. So being there, uh, I don't have to tell you, Brandon, Providence has some of the best food in the country. I yeah. mean, I, since I've been here, I've raved 
I'm a foodie. So I eat a whole, I eat everywhere in Providence. Uh, some of my best friends own restaurants, Tel Aviv. I mean, these are my good guys. But breakfast is the way of I treat myself um, on generally Sundays or, or Saturdays um, after putting in the work all week. And uh, when I first moved in, I used to go to all these hole in the walls. And then uh, Rodney Bullock actually used to take me to a few too. And so that, that began to be kind of my little thing after our guys worked out during the week, we, you know, we get up and go to breakfast at different spots. Some of my favorite spots is, uh, you know, Wayland Square Diner, um, uh, what's a modern diner in Pawtucket, uh, Cow's Corners, Nicabella's. Um, it's, uh, you know, True PVD has an excellent brunch spot we go to. So Providence just has so many eclectic, nice, you know, uh, spots to go to. So I try to get the guys to experience, you know, the culture and the food, the different cultures, and the different foods. And then we just talk and spend time together, not necessarily about basketball. We might talk about what went on that week. We might talk about what's going on in the sports media. We might talk about what's going on in the world, but it's just spending time with them. Time equals love. And, uh, and so I like for them to, you know, spend time with us outside of, you know, it being in the gym. And that's important to me. That It really is important to me. So we go we go all over Providence and eat breakfast. Uh, we also go to dinners, too. So but, you know, breakfast is our thing. You know, we get a chance to do that for the breakfast club. And I think it allows you and maybe the players themselves to see each other a different light as opposed to coach and player. We're in the basketball gym working up a sweat in July and August. You know, we can kind of, you know, d- d- rewind a little bit, you know, discharge the batteries and kind of, you know, just talk in general. Maybe not so much about what's going on with the program, but just what's going on in life. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's you know, these young men, you know, even though the pressure that they, they're under, it's invited and it's wanted and it's a privilege. It is real, though. you know, um, it's real. And uh, so you want to, you know, spend time with them outside of the thing, you know, that they love to do, which is play ball. But, you know, hear about other passions, hear about other things that they're, you know, what's on their mind and what's going on with them in life, with their families, um, with their girlfriends and just just in general to laugh. These guys are funny. Like they keep me young, man. Like they're funny. They're interesting uh, adults. You know, they have their own dreams and fears and other aspirations. And when you know all of those things, uh, they allow you to coach them. They allow you um, um, to, to hold them accountable even more um, for, for their actions because they know you have their best interests and, you know, it allows them um, to be pushed further and uh, reach their goals. So, you know, that's just something that, you know, this has nothing to do with coaching. Probably my counseling background used to be, you know, you want to get to know a person really before you can coach a person. Just really get to know them and you can get the most out of them. And so that's probably, you know, the beauty of Ed Cooley. He gives our staff the autonomy to get to, you know, know the players so that we can, you know, make sure that we're helping them reach, reach their goals. You know, we'll close with, like you mentioned, it's the uh, it's been a long eight weeks for this group on campus. And Ivan, I'm sure you've seen a lot of growth, both individually and collectively as a unit, since some of them have been on the campus since the beginning of June. Yeah, it's definitely been a lot of growth. Um, uh, this team, you know, with so many new pieces, the growth has been with 
the way they've connected. Um, the first week, you know, it, it, it was going to take a while. Um, the gym was probably a little quiet, um, just guys filling each other out the first two weeks, I would say. By the third week, you, you saw uh, a little bit of competitive camaraderie coming out. Um, by the fifth and sixth week, uh, you definitely saw a team that began to gel and, and, and understood um, that um, this was a family and uh, that there was a degree of legacy beginning to build and happen. And they wanted to be, you know, a part of it and, and, and continue to do something special. Um, I would say by the seventh and eighth week, um, and, and it kind of wrapped up perfectly when we had uh, Coach Cooley in the round table with all the, the, the greats come back last week. I believe that was, um, you know, Billy Donovan, uh, Rick Patino, Coach Cooley. And the guys had a chance to hear about different teams. And I think um, they began to gel and understand who Providence was, even coming from larger programs and the family feel and not just how special um, this place is. And then I think a little bit of their competitive edge um, came out collectively. And because the last episode of the Breakfast Club, actually, when we, we went out, um, they talked about, you know, seeing their head coach on stage and wanting him to be in special company um, with some of the other ones. So, and that's when I knew um, this team is actually beginning to jail because they competitively want to reach uh, a point uh, for our head coach to make sure that he's, you know, one of the greats that come out of this program, even greater than what he's already done. And I, I think some of those teams made, made special runs. And, and so, again, they, you know, their competitive nature and the way they bonded, um, I think they, they want to see if they can reach those heights as well. Ivan? You're off the hot seat officially. I'll let you get back to packing. You got a trip to look forward to. Uh, it's a little bit of a downtime. The, the, uh, the players have gone home. They'll be back on campus by the end of the month. And before you know it, you'll be getting ready for uh, another season. It just feels like, I, in some regards, we, the, the uh, previous season, as great as it was, it never ended. It never ended. It always rolls. It keeps keeps going. But, you know, hopefully, you know, this is a good thing. Because if, if it never feels like it's in, that means you're playing a long time. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. But uh, enjoy and uh, we'll see you soon. And I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. We'll be back with a fresh episode soon. But until then, take care, everyone. And thank you.